welcome to TT from the D Podcast Show, and I'm your host, TT. I want to thank you for stopping by on this Labor Day Monday. It is Marriage Day. It's Marriage Monday. It's marriage every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But today, on this beautiful Monday, it is our Marriage Monday segment. And I'm super excited to have my guest for the evening, who happens to be my boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry, no, he's my husband. His name is Swifty McVeigh to y'all. Say hello, Swifty. What up, though, folks? I salute everyone listening, tuned in right now. Hope all is well. Look at you trying to be all a studious and stuff. <laughs> no, seriously, on a serious note, we are going to talk tonight about a very important subject, a hot topic. His needs and... Her needs. All right. Now, you know in this marriage thing, it is a two-way street. I'm always talking about that. I'm always referencing that. But before we get into this awesome conversation, I'm definitely going to tell you to grab you some paper and pen and be able to uh, get yourself together so you can actually enjoy this topic and actually enjoy one another. I'm hoping that you will find your spouse somewhere around you. If not, this is something definitely you guys can listen to together or you can do it individually. Sometimes when Swift has some information, he brings it back. It's just as if I was there and vice versa. You agree? Yes, yes, I agree. Okay. So, you know, we grown around here and we're very transparent. Uh, sometimes Swifty say I'm a little too transparent, but I believe in just being who we are. And one of the things I'm going to talk about, I'm a reference, I love that I'm a reference, is in a book called What Did You Expect? Redeeming the Realities of Marriage by Paul David Tripp. And Swifty's going to touch on a book called... His Needs, Her Needs. It's uh, by William Harley Jr. All right. His professional name is Willard. You trying to do Big Willie. <laughs> Will Smith. No. I bet you all his friends call him Willie. But Only when he drinks When he drink a scotch and have a cigar. Hey, yo, Willie. No, no, no. Teach me a little something about that relationship book, bro. Not really, good. really? Okay. So, you know, this comic sick central, comedy central... Okay, a little something, something, something. We like to laugh around here because we don't want you to take everything serious, although marriage is a serious thing. So, let's get into this. Let's let's first, let's start off, Swift. When we were engaged to be married and our awesome pastor, Harvey Carey, was counseling us for premarital counseling, this is the book, or this is one of the books, if this is not the only book, but I believe we had two books, but there was one we had as homework. And I believe it was this book that we had to read. Yeah, yeah. His Needs, Her Needs was one of the books he uh, told us to read. It was our homework. Mm-hmm. And he said that you have to read this book before you come on back. And then we all had to talk about, you know, our uh, opinions about the different chapters it provided, whatnot. And it was a task. And I'm glad that we got a chance to read it, you know, because it really enlightened me on things that I didn't even really realize mm-hmm. and, and think about. So this is... A really, really good book for everybody to read, whether you get marriage counseling or not. This is just something that needs to be in your bookshelf. Yes. Yeah. There's another one that he, and now that I'm thinking about it, when I'm, I know we, you know, we've been married nine years. Um, Love Languages. We yeah. read that one. That was a profound book. You agree? Yeah. Love Languages is dope. And, and what's so good about that, this is, they also discussed about the Love Languages and the His Needs, Her Needs mm-hmm. book as well. So, you get a double dosage of knowledge from both sides, but there is a book called Love Languages, which, you know, 
touches directly on that, but they did mention a lot of these things in his new attorneys as well. So. And I think something that's important, ladies and gentlemen, to, is to learn what your love language is. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't even know there was a such thing as love language. Mm-hmm. Like, when you actually read the book or you have a breakdown of what love languages actually mean, it gives you the opportunity to really understand your significant other, your spouse, because you start to, you already kind of notice certain things, but you didn't know it was a language. Right. For instance, Swifty's love language is more of affection. He likes touch. Babe, what's mine? Yours is quality time and um, services. You have a couple of them. I do. <laughs> I'm greedy. But no, yeah. Um, it's some, yeah. What is it called? I might not be pronouncing it right, but it has something to do with uh, with service. Uh, uh, acts, acts of service. Acts of service, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of those examples, ladies and gentlemen, can be, I could be complaining to uh, Swifty about, oh, you know, I had a long day at work. My feet are killing me or my back is killing me. And I could come home and there's been a couple times where I've come home and he had had the candles going and, and a bath drawn for me. And I thought that was so nice because that's what I appreciate. I appreciate a cup of coffee on my way out the door. I, I appreciate when he makes breakfast, right? Because I'm the breakfast maker. But when he makes the breakfast, I'd be like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Because I, I I love to make breakfast. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Like, I love when he makes dinner, but I love when I make breakfast. Because, I, you know, I, I like to try to act like I'm a restaurant and presentation and all that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's those little things. Or taking my car and filling it up gas for me. Um... Like when every time I go out of town, I come back, the house is like spotless as if a maid came in. Babe, you be hiring a maid for WM. <laughs> I just got to ask that question uh, while we doing this interview. I've never yeah. asked it, but now I'm starting to think like. Yeah, this, this maid brochure came in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. I can't. I just can't with a K. But yeah, so it's those access services, you know. Um, but I know like it's surprising that a lot of men that I know of, they're not affectionate people in public. Mm. So, like, we could walk and hold hands, or, I, like, I, I like to grab on his butt because he got a nice ass. <laughs> so I like to squeeze on his butt sometimes. <laughs> we grown around these places. Don't be trying to come for me. So, you know... It, it, it to, what I mean is to say this, to the men, I know, you know, people might be a little spooky, but to the men who don't want to be affectionate like that, in, in, the, in the public, what you afraid of? Who, who you afraid of go watching? Who you afraid of go look at? <laughs> I don't know. Right. If you want to, you know, pat the back of her butt pocket, you know, in her just jeans. don't put your hands like I got that phone on. Because ain't nobody doing that. Nobody doing that no more. That was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Right. If you want to walk with your arm around or hold hands, it ain't nothing to be nervous about. Just do it. If you feel like that, compelled to do it, and you feel spooked, then look in the mirror and ask yourself, like, who are you worried about watching you show that type of affection out in the public? You know what I'm saying? That's just a sidebar, but go ahead. I agree. No, I agree. You know, um, like, it's important, as we're talking about his needs, her needs, it's also important to show, if you have a child or children, that it's healthy to be affectionate towards one another in your marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, my mother and father, they wasn't, you know, they didn't, sit around with their arms around each other watching TV a lot, but I always used to see him peck a kiss before my father went to work, and I was young watching that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was just, was just like, okay, this is 
up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's healthy. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't get to see that kind of stuff. Like growing up, my mother and my father separated when I was real young, but I remember some of the things they would do that made me smile. They used to love to dance. They would move the dining room, not the dining room, the living room coffee table out the way and put on a record or a 33. I know I'm dating myself, y'all. Y'all like a record, a 33. Yeah, a 45 was a record and the 33 was the LP. Then and they would put it on. They scratched. They looked at each other like they was awkward. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was no rewind. You had to go start the, you had to pick up the arm of the record player and put that needle back at the beginning until it went around. But... On a serious note, I, I love to watch them dance together. And so that's something we've done plenty of times. Sometimes we'll have music on in our house and we just dance. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's just the something vibe, yeah. it's, 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 it's a vibe. I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's vibe. But back to Swift's love language being affectionate, like being affection, you know, like uh cuddling and things like that. And so I can appreciate that. But I didn't know it was your language. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, then you can have more than one language as well. And I believe that um, once a person understands that, not saying that it's hassle in a relationship if you don't know it, because a lot of relationships don't have hassle, but it's definitely a clear understanding and more of a a, a smoother path because you know what to expect and what not to expect. And when you love somebody, you're compelled to, to, to quench that, that language once you know and vice versa and once you're able to do that you rolling in a kind of a smooth motion it won't seem forced it's something that you understand and then you do because you know you want to make a person happy when you love when you're with them you want to make the person happy so you just compelled to do it without being forced and the person does it the same and then you roll, roll in, a, in, a, in a good melody you know what I'm saying I agree yeah I have to touch and agree with that yeah yeah I think that with um, the importance of love languages and his and her needs, for me, I know a lot of times, okay, so, you know, we got this this saying, happy wife, happy life. Honey, what what about y'all? I say happy husband, happy nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know okay, what? Yeah, what, what, what can rhyme, though? Give we don't have rhyme. to rhyme. I mean, you do. No, it doesn't. <laughs> we know that our husbands being happy means we be happy. Because look at it, look at it this way. We might not have a saying for y'all. Y'all can say happy wife, happy life. When we're happy, don't y'all become happy? Yeah. Right. So if your job is to make sure we're happy, in return, we are happy to make you happy. Because when we are happy, we know we made you happy, so you want to make us happy. You just thought about that. (laughs) No. I mean, no. It makes sense. It makes sense. No, really. If if, if, If I'm happy, that's because you're doing things to make me happy. You're saying things, you're being a certain way that just brings me joy. So therefore, all I can do is give that back out. You deposit and withdraw and, and that. Speaking, and speaking of deposit, this book, His Needs, Her Needs, also has um, a chapter in there when it talks about love deposits and, um, you know, how much uh, that you're, you're putting into someone's love bank and vice versa. It's very, very deep. The, the less that you add, add deposits into a person's love bank, you know, um, it, it, it stops the motion. So you got to continuously deposit, you know, uh, into her love bank. It's crazy. It's deep. You got to really, really read it to really 
catchy because there's a lot of information on there, but it's crazy you touched on that because it's definitely in this book when you said that. So carry on. No, that's a good that's yeah. a good sidebar because when you go to the bank, ladies and gentlemen, and you make a deposit or withdraw, you know, you, you're excited to make a deposit and you find joy in being able to make a withdrawal. But you know, if you're like me, you pay attention to your balance, right? And don't you get nervous when your balance getting kind of low. You pump when you're depositing it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I got a couple things in there with a couple zeros down there, baby. And when them zeros start to fall off, mm-hmm. you start to get nervous. Yep, and that's right? what I said. Yep, that's what I said. In a marriage, we, you know, your love bank never closes. Mm-hmm. You know, the physical, the real bank closes. But in your marriage, you know, you got to always deposit morning, noon, afternoon, night. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps it going, vice versa, when those continue to deposit in each other's love banks. Whatever that may look like for y'all in y'all relationship. I agree. And I would have to say something that, you know, no marriage is perfect. We don't have a perfect marriage, but we have a really humbling marriage. We have a respectful marriage. I respect you. You respect me. We may not always agree, but I learned from you way before we ever got married that we have to learn that we disagree. Let's agree that we disagree and keep it moving. Right, right. And when you know what triggers the person, when you love someone and you know what triggers the person, you make a, a disciplined choice to not do anything else to trigger the person so you just have to really discipline yourself to really take that moment to be quiet even if it's something you want to say to them so bad it's it wouldn't be in good good spiritual health to say it when the emotions are up high when the emotions are up high you have to discipline yourself to say you know what i'll leave it alone until the mood change and then bring it back when both parties can accept conversation in a more rational matter, but that takes time. Some people are wired different. Mm-hmm. You know, people get mad over different things. People, uh, you know, prolong anger longer than others. So, you know, for those who have a problem with suppressing, you know, keeping anger boggled in and whatever, it's just something you need to work on. But when you love each other, that's just, you know, two of the things you need to do. You, you like when Tyler Perry said in the movie, you got to give up to, uh, the eyes for us <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying so yeah. that that's not just for giving each other things physically that's for sacrifice and saying I'm gonna be quiet for a minute and let me you know leave an hour or two later when the temperature is good then you bring it back because that's just sacrifice and making sure that the fire don't rise you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah another sidebar no no you you also something because I also believe that it's important to understand that it's a give and take yeah Absolutely. You can't always be a giver and not receiving anything. And you can't always be a receiver and not giving. Now, you have a lot of people, let's just be 100. You have a lot of people that love to receive but don't want to give nothing. Right. You know? That give and take is something real. You know, you got to always keep each other in mind. Even when you feel like there's no rhyme and reason, it's just the right thing to do. Like, I don't care, like, if, if you was eating, you just got finished eating a, a chicken sandwich. Okay. And I got finished eating a chicken sandwich. Well, you're not going to do that. You're a vegan. Well, that's right. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to eat a falafel a, 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 sandwich. A vegan chicken sandwich. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. A spinach sandwich. Ugh, nasty. <laughs> okay, okay. Serious. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then an hour later, I go to CVS for something. And then I decided to, to go to 
uh, Benny Hannes. No, I ain't gonna go take it that far. Dang. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, chicken no. sandwich and grass sandwich to Benny Hannes. Okay. No, so, I decided to go somewhere and I seen the restaurant. I was like, man, I'm a little hungry. Let me go get in line. And even though I know you done ate and you full, I'm still gonna call you and ask you if you want something to eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I'm still being mindful. I'm not gonna sit up here and say, well, she full. <laughs> She full already, so I'm not about to go ahead and get her nothing. You know, it's just the art of always keeping your better half in mind, even if you feel like it has no rhyme and reason. It's just part of what you do. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Or if you happen to go somewhere and you might not want to call, like we big on, um, oh, I could have that for lunch, or I could have, I could eat that a little later on, or you know, if we're snackish or might have a sweet tooth later on. So. It'd be like, okay, you know what? Oh, I'm going to grab that. I might see something that you might eat that I might not. And although we might have just had something, I might say, you know what? I'm going to grab that for him. And if he doesn't want it tonight, he'll probably eat it tomorrow for lunch. Mm. And so I'm mindful. And then if you do and you make that phone call, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. That is a part of what I said earlier when you say happy wife, happy life, y'all happy husband, happy nothing. That's not true. It's those little things such as giving me that phone call out of love and respect and courtesy and thoughtfulness. Hey, babe, would you like so-and-so? I met the so-and-so. Oh, no, no, thank you, but thank you. And it was just the thought when we hang up, for me, I'm, I'm speaking for me, I did say we ladies, but I'm just assuming that you would feel like, wow, that was nice of my husband to call. And it's the little things. See, it's not always the big things that is going to make it stand out to be like, oh, he recognized my needs. It's those little things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just, like I say, it's just the art, and I agree with that as well. It is just the art of, uh, you know, keeping your better half in mind no matter where, no matter what, no matter when. You know what I'm saying? That's the art of it. And don't don't ever, ever assume. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because now... You know, you always in, a, in, a, in doing things together. That's what marriage is about. It's, a, it's, it's together in thought. It's together in harmony. So you know, you just do do those things because it's you. You are you are one. So mm-hmm. that's just a, that's just to say, if you are one, these are the things you do. You put her in your thought as well, even when they don't have a rhyme or reason. You just do it, and you will see that the harmony will always be a smooth flow. Now. I like that. Yeah. And that's based off of our Th- overview of his knees, her knees. His knees, her knees. Yes. By Willard Holla Jr. Now, I don't know why the book didn't say her knees, his knees. Oh, you wanted to be No, funny. no, I'm being funny because <laughs> that would go back to happy wife, happy love. Why I, we got to put mean, y'all first? Friends, we just need something to rhyme. Just give us. Give you don't us, need us nothing around. Give us you are, That's the rapper in you. You don't need nothing. <laughs> you don't need nothing around. We, we need a. We need a, a slogan that flows too. Okay, I'll think of something. Okay, not right now, but I'll think of something. <laughs> that's her homework now. I'm gonna take with husband. So, so. It's got to be hubby. Something. I'm gonna come up with something. See, she. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But, happy hubby, happy grubby. No, no. I mean, we always get food. Yeah, y'all do. Y'all do. Okay. But so with my book, one of the pieces I loved in um, What Did You Expect by Paul David Tripp, it's in, I believe it's chapter nine under commitment threes. But if you went down, it's under trust, restoring what's broken. And it kind of... To me, it kind of goes with his needs, her needs. And I say that because 
Some couples seem more committed to protecting the reputation of the marriage outside the home versus with dealing with what's going on inside the home. And when I say that, for appearances, people sometimes will go out in public and it's about, okay, this is a business venture. We need to go out in politics or network or this is my job event. Uh, it ain't gonna look right if I don't come with you. So I need you to come. Yet y'all mad. Y'all y'all not in a happy space, a happy place. So that I think that kind of goes with his or her needs. Hmm. But at the same time, with that example, you still have something that's wrong at home that's not ironed out. But you're going out in the public. And you're, you're concerned about what people going to think if you don't come together. So you go out here and you put on this this facade. Mm-hmm. Then you get back in your car where no one can hear nor see. And you drive home maybe quiet. Or now it might even get heightened. The temperature might rise because, oh, well, oh, you was all laughing and this and that over there with them. But you giving me the cold shoulder or whatever. And I think that goes back to you have to heal what's going on. You have to fix what's happening in the house. I'm more concerned of what goes on in here than what I care about what people think outside. Because at the end of the day, for me, and and I kind of stole this from Pastor Harvey Carey on a different note. No man, woman, boy, or girl has a heaven or hell to put none of his in. Mm. I look at it on the outside world. That man, woman, them people, our family, our friends, what they going to do for our marriage? We don't have to put on a front for them. Who we are, who we are. You like us or you love us. And normally you do. And I say that humbly, people. Because, you know, people always like, you know, y'all really inspire us. And we be thinking, like, we don't be doing that. <laughs> we just be us. But it's just because of our, I think, foundation that we built our friendship on. Which automatically ties to the importance of his needs, her needs. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. Friendship is really, really, really important. I've, you know, seen a lot of relationships in the past where I can really, really tell and notice when a, per- a couple are together and they don't have that friendship factor because uh, certain things they can't talk to each other about. Not to say that whatever it is may be super, super deep. It's just the um, the, the embarrassment of like, uh, but see, when you with your best friend or somebody you're real close with, you can be goofy, you can be yourself, and all them things doesn't matter when you're around your friends. So the spirit of that is totally different when you label somebody as your best friend. But when you with somebody and can't do that, it's, it's something spiritual in there that's missing that's blocking that factor. But when you apply that best friend tactic, and I, not to call it for lack of a better word, when you apply that best friend spirit, it makes things a little bit more liver within your spirit because there's no whole bars. You pretty much can just be you. And being you is the most best thing to ever be when you're in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Being you. And the other person is being them. And when y'all can come together with no whole bars, that's harmony right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I like the way you say Yeah, that. so... I just feel like that's really important. I do too. Um, I tell yeah. people that all the time. You know, and, and one thing I say to people, um, I'm not a licensed counselor, y'all. I'm not a licensed marriage counselor, but I do give my advice. Um, I was on our marriage ministry team at our church. Um, and giving advice to other married couples by not only the things I've learned from education, like in the brick and mortar, but also what I learned in the Bible, what I learned from watching people. 
I think no better teacher for us to experience from than experience itself. You can look outward at other people's marriages and I would say, you can cherry pick. You're going to pick good cherries, right? You're not going to pick the cherries that's all bruised and look like they're about to be sour, you know, spoiled and things like that or they're not any good. And so when you look at people's relationships, I find it a compliment when people tell me, you know, I really like what you and Swift was doing when y'all did this, that, and the third, and we tried it. I'm like, oh, that's great. And somebody asked me a long time ago, you know, when you share the things you and Swift do, you know, it seems inspiring. And I'm like, that's the reason why I do it. I love to share love. I love to share joy, adventure, ideas, because I love to get them from others as well. And if I, we can pour something out into the atmosphere that's going to encourage, inspire, or motivate another married couple, then I feel like we're allowing our marriage to do its job outside of the home. Right. Right. Yep. And that's what it's about, inspiring others. You know, uh, I agree. I totally agree. You know, and for, the, and for the couples out there who are together and find it hard to... Uh, sit down and talk to their better half about certain things and feel like there's a need to have to to ask someone on the outside you know um a- a- ask yourself why is that where's the where's the fear factor come from you know what I'm saying why what is, what is it within that realm that's that's holding you back from wanting to sit down and talk to somebody talk to your better half about something that's really really on your heart? You know what I'm saying? Because best friends do it to best friends. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if you have that that issue, just kind of, you know, think about what could be the problem. You know what I'm saying? And try to fix that. Because once you realize the problem and begin to apply that, me, I feel, through you know, that things would be much more smoother in a relationship if both couples are going through that but can apply that in their life in the future or whatever. Yeah. So, to sum it up, ladies and gentlemen, we really feel that it's really important to understand the importance of your wife's needs, husbands, and understand the importance of your husband needs, wives. Because in a marriage, there's three. There's the husband, the wife, and God. Right? And to put it in a, in, a, in, a, in a biblical sense, and I'm not about to Bible thump y'all to death, but in a biblical sense, it said it in his word, you know, um, about the three cords are not easily broken. I did a segment on that not too long ago. You can go back and look at some of the podcasts a couple of uh, segments ago when I talked about the three cords are not easily broken, or are they? That's what it was called. Because although we understand that in every marriage, God is supposed to be present. It doesn't, you're not supposed to have your mama, your sister, your brother, cousin, niece, nephew, children, everybody in the center. Nobody belongs in the center of your marriage but God. However, when you went to take your vows, the most important person besides you and your spouse and the man or woman who married you to be present was God. And if he wasn't present, you need to invite him. It's not too late. It's never too late to invite God into your marriage, into your union. But any successful marriage has to have God in the center. If there's anybody that want to disagree with that, I'm not going to entertain foolishness. Yep, you know? Yep. You know, being equally yoked is very, very, very important. 
I know I've mentioned being equally yoked to couples in the past, and most people say, well, I mean, you know, we don't go to church together as much as we need to. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not all about just going to church. It's pretty much being, being, being spiritually on one accord. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't really have so much to do with with the faith, which that's a big part. It's, but it's being, being able to come to agreements to where you can understand each other on different aspects. The way y'all look at raising children, the way y'all, you know, uh, look at, you know, how how y'all feel when you get angry, uh, how y'all handle anger. If y'all can have a, uh, be in harmony of how y'all handle anger, can be in harmony of how you, you've, your, your input on raising children, et cetera, just to name a few, those are factors of being equally yoked. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not, it's just good to sit and have these conversations on what people, what you like and what you don't like, so you can all have an understanding to kind of feed each other the knowledge y'all need to get on that path to be equally yoked, and you will see that things will, will be more in harmony. So, yeah, you know, to piggyback off of that, but uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. It's been a wonderful Labor Day. Yeah, it's been a wonderful Labor Day. Um, it's been dope chopping it up with you, Miss TT from the D, and um, hey. giving all this information. Make sure y'all go pick up the book, His Knees, Her Knees, by Willard Harley, and pick up uh, What Did You Expect by Paul David Tripp, and then the the words of Janet Jackson on Why Did I Get Married? Love God, love each other, and love yourself. No, 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 no. Love God. Love yourself and each other. Oh, she would be proud of you. <laughs> so would Tyler Perry. He'd be proud too. That's one of our favorite movies. I, I love Tasha. I don't care. I love Tasha. But yeah, so on a serious note, we just wanted to stop by here on this Labor Day Marriage Monday. Throw some wisdom out there. We hope that it caught you at a perfect place in your marriage. No matter if you are in a dry season or a fruitful season, continue to pour into your marriage and know that God loves marriage. He ordained it. We'll see you next Marriage Monday, the week after next. I'm not sure what the topic will be at this time. It will be the word that rhymes with happy husband. Okay, so that's not going to be it. (laughs) (laughs) But I will work on it. When I come up with something, y'all, y'all to be the first to know. Well, maybe the second because I got to let Swifty know. But I want to thank you guys for logging on tonight. We hope that this was interesting to you, intriguing to you. If you have any questions or comments, you can always shoot an email to ttfromthed at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure. It's your girl TT from the D and Swifty McVizzle in the hizzle. No, Swifty McVeigh. (laughs) (laughs) Just the shenanigans. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your marriage Monday, and we'll see you soon. Peace.